Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzarite Financial Services. It's two days before Nordame heads to Ryan Field, where Nordame hasn't played since 1976. Nordame number four in the first college football playoff poll released on Tuesday. Was anybody surprised that they were four as a, as opposed to to three with LSU? No, no. I, I would. I guess I would have been like 60-40 It was going to be four. Not like 100% going to yeah. be four. But. If there were five, I would have been surprised. Yes. If there were yeah. two, I would have been surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I always go back to, and I, I don't think that this is what this is, but I mean, I, I don't think that you can ignore the results. And the fact is LSU has one loss and Notre Dame doesn't. But under the circumstances. I'm not going by that as would, much as everybody's been no, having LSU at number four. At, at yeah, you're right. You've polls, heard, yeah. We've, we've certainly heard a lot of that. And when you consider, you know, what they've done, including a, I mean, their opening game was uh, was against Miami, and I know that Miami hasn't turned out what Miami was last year during most of the regular season. But it started with that and Auburn and Mississippi State, and they and you know one tough loss against Florida, and I get it. We all know and they hammered Georgia, and they hammered Georgia. That's the big one by, yeah. by twenty. It's right. one of the two best wins, and but Notre Dame beating Michigan is the other right for contenders. Texas has a great win, but they're not a contender anymore. That's why I'm not including them in right. this conversation. Right. I think it's like if you looked at who has the top. 10 wins of the year, LSU would probably have like three of them. When, yeah, when you have number one or number two along with that, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Well, so, I didn't, look, I didn't have be... a problem with it. And I think if, does anyone think that if Notre Dame was three and LSU was four, that if LSU beat Alabama, that's what that LSU wouldn't have jumped Notre Dame next week? Exactly. Well, they're jumping everybody exactly. if they beat yeah. Alabama. And well, conversely, yeah, does not. anyone think if LSU beats Alabama, that Alabama probably still won't be three? No, I, I think they will. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, Notre Dame. That's, that's I think just Notre Dame yeah. is sort of stuck where they are for a minute. I actually think Notre Dame fans and a lot of college football need Alabama to win this game. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. As much as they want Alabama to, to somehow right. lose twice, the problem is they're just not going to lose that second game, Alabama. So you're it doesn't do that, that much, no. especially because they wouldn't play in the SEC championship. I know, but that, like there are yeah. people arguing about who Alabama's played and who they they that's haven't beaten the anybody. It's it, it the whole goal of the playoff system <laughs> is to pick. The four best teams, and it, guess what? Alabama's one of them. Those teams were somebody when the game started. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when the I game just, ended, they were I get nobody. it that we're all tired of Alabama being up there, but that's not that's that's not the decree of the playoff committee, and and they're going to have to lose twice for them not to be in it. That's just the way. Now they play the Citadel. I guess if they lost to them. Yes, then they you're might right. be excluded. They might be excluded. Anyway, so that it, it is what it is. It'll work itself out. If Nordheim wins, they'll be in the playoffs. You know, I guess the question is, if they lose, do they still have a shot? But look, you control your own destiny. You need to win. You can't. You can't concern yourself with. Well, what happens if they lose? So that, you know, they should still be included. In it. Don't just you. You know what your destiny is. You need to control it. You know, when Appalachian State beat Michigan, and the whole world of college football was rooting for one team. Make that by one billion percent if the Citadel is ahead of Alabama in the third quarter, <laughs> because I think that there would be people just stopping what they're doing that don't even watch sports trying yeah. to figure out what's happening right. here. So that that won't happen. Uh, but <laughs> in LSU, I, I noticed that the line's been bumped up and it's now fourteen and a half at LSU. It it just doesn't. I don't think it matters. I I, I can't believe that. I and I haven't obviously studied LSU, but I can't believe that LSU is so much better than when Notre Dame played them in the Citrus Bowl that they're in position to beat Alabama, and I don't think anybody feels that way either. So it is what it is. Let's move on to no- it is. Let's move on to Notre Dame Northwestern. Clayton Thorson, Brian Kelly calls him a 
NFL-level quarterback. I've spent a good amount of time watching him play the position, and he's good. I mean, he throws a really, really nice nice ball. He's 6'4", 230, somewhere in that range. Uh, I wouldn't say he's immobile, uh, but certainly a but, help. Yeah, but yeah. he's coming off the ACL, and he was sharing that with, uh, I think it's TJ Green um, early in the season. But now it's his job, and he's moving better than he did. Um, you know, of course, most of the most of the film I watch is not him under duress, but him having success throwing the football. But Nordame has a good pass rush, and he's been sacked 17 times. He's been intercepted 10 times. He's been intercepted. 40 times in his career. Wow. That is, that's, Can you imagine that's a lot. quarterback getting picked up 40 times? And still, yeah. And brush back on that. 48. <laughs> How many 48. This will be his yeah. 48th, I believe, consecutive start, but 40 good, picks is a lot. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. He doesn't have a great receiving core. He does have Flynn Nagel, who I, I, Chris Fink is like the poor man's Flynn Nagel because Flynn Nagel's a little bit bigger and more established and, and a pretty prolific catcher of the football. But you know, we can go. We can go through a bunch of stuff here. On, White, on, I'm assuming too. Since yes. Chris Fink's involved. Too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, but but there there's a there's yes, a similarity in the in the size and the style of play and the routes that he runs and stuff like that. You know, I don't Flynn Nagel. I don't think is going to, you know, run too many fly patterns or post patterns and stuff like that. But their running game has really struggled. Two point six yards per carry. They lost Jeremy Larkin. Uh, a, a very unfortunate situation for him and. In the Northwestern running game, they're not running it very well without him. Uh, but yet they've beaten Michigan State and Wisconsin. They had a, a loss to Michigan that they should have won. Yeah. And they played down to the level of the competition against Rutgers and Nebraska. But Notre Dame is not Rutgers, Rutgers and Nebraska. So, you know, I fully expect them to play one of their better games of the year. Oh, Flint Nagel, younger brother of Aaron Nagel, if you're a... Actually, I did not know long, that. Uh, is time, that right? Yeah, long-time uh, Notre Dame fan from the Charlie Weiss era. Is a br- a <laughs> Way brief, back in the days yeah, of your A, a yeah. brief, uh, brief Notre Dame career before transferring to Northwestern. He did play at Northwestern, um, yeah. But yeah, Clayton Thorson, I guess I'm... I have not watched much film of Clayton Thorson, but I, I'm i not sure that I get it. Like, he's a... He's TDINT is 1-1. to He's 10-10. Yeah, that's not good. He's, he's not in the top 100 in passer efficiency. And he averages 40 attempts per game, which makes me think he's going to get sacked about eight times. You know, he was a really good sophomore when he was a little quicker. He was, he had, I think he was 22 touchdowns and seven or eight picks as a so- true sophomore starter. Yeah. And he ran, he's run for a fair amount of touchdowns. I think he's over, I mean, I think he's at, I just wrote about this, I think he's at 17 yeah, rushing power, touchdowns. Yeah, he powers that, his way That's a fair amount yeah. of, I know mm-hmm. he's played 47 games, but he's that not, does mean you can. He's not doing that from the 12. He's no, doing that inside he's not, the two. he's not. Yeah. Um, and he didn't do it inside the two, by the way, against Wisconsin on three straight tries, ruining my theory forever. <laughs> but I, I think he had a good beginning of his career for a freshman and sophomore. Yes. And he, was North, a, he was a big-time recruit yeah, as well. Yeah, and you're Northwestern. Sort of, he was in the he, I mean, he throw, he's a, he's an aesthetic Looking quarterback, yeah. he throws a pretty ball. He throw he he will not throw a wobbly pass. I guess Western you... <laughs> doesn't have a lot of like six foot four strapping looking right. quarterbacks. So that's why so I he kind of get it deal. that he's in there. It's they're not like going to replace him. Yeah, I mean, it, when he got the toolage of, of Tom Reese as a freshman when uh, Reese was a GA there. Oh wow, that, that too. Yeah, you know, it's uh, one of the reasons I was so high on Northwestern's defensive front was the sacks coming into the season from their defensive ends. But they're not getting those this year. They only have 12. They had 32 collectively last year. They're 109th in sacks. They're 109th in tackles for loss. But they don't give up a lot of big plays. So that leads me, it makes me think of Bob Diaco. They're going to try to, they keep the football in front of you. 
Uh, you're not going to throw it over the top of them very often. They give up like 4.3 yards per carry, which isn't very good. It's not great for a team that plays that style of defense, especially. Right. right. So, I mean, you know, they're <laughs> this is a real vulnerable team. They're 5-1 and one in the conference. They're in position if they can hold serve against Iowa to go to the Big Ten championship game, but I don't think they'll they're, hold serve against Iowa. They're 11-1, right, in their last 12 Yeah, 10 I mean, games? that's, that's, that's unbelievable. In really? Big, Ten, Big Ten competition. In Big Ten competition, right, of course. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So... You know, you you have to res- you have to respect them. Pat Fitzgerald will have will be psyched himself for this game. He's never really liked Notre Dame. His team will be ready to play good football. Uh, the Ryan Field. Did I say this the other day? The Ryan Field turf has really been giving people problems keeping your footing and stuff. So Thorson throwing 50, 55 times a game. You know, we'll see how Notre Dame's footwork on the back end of the defense holds up on the Ryan Field turf. Yeah, the the Northwestern run game also is like it's bad. It, they they can't do anything, and I know Bowser is like sort of giving them a little bit of yes. a spark. Mm-hmm. But I just did you did I, you I, say I bark? See, you said Bowser's spark. giving them, oh yeah, spark. Yeah. Spark. I thought you said Bowser's giving uh, them a little bark. Yeah, I mean that might work too. Um, <laughs> it would, but I just it, this is like it's kind of like the the styles make fights kind of matchup, whereas like. Syracuse is a big concern for me because I think their style could give Notre Dame problems. Northwestern style, I feel like, sort of plays into what Notre agree. Dame does well. Um, and I think it's, I don't want to say Notre Dame is upset proof on Saturday night, but this is, the more, yeah, the, I, the, say the that. More I like look at this, the less I think Northwestern is capable of, of upsetting, or is the we'll, less likely I think Northwestern is going to upset Notre Dame. That's what I completely agree with, with Pete. I would definitely remove capable. They are. Yeah. It's just by the style of defense they play, if you keep everything in front of you, and then you come up with stops at the goal line that make you kick field goals with maybe Justin Dorr or Justin Yoon. Jonathan Dorr or Justin Yoon. Um, two field goals and a turnover in the red zone keeps the game close. That's the problem with these type of games. Yeah, uh, but I don't think if you want to break down film, and as Pete pointed out, statistical comparisons of strengths and weaknesses, this is not a game Notre Dame should lose. No. It is a, it's a situation game. Crazy things happen in November. It's on the road at night in a, on a bad field. A lot of things can happen. But they are they are much better than Northwestern than I even thought they were a month and a half ago when Northwestern wasn't even well, winning. They, were, they, they lost, lost, they lost three. Right. They lost the Akron. They lost I still three didn't, in a row. I still figured Northwestern was better than what they were showing, and now I just think that I am amazed they've won these four games and almost beat Michigan. Almost beating Michigan was a heck of an effort by them. Because they ha- it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, they were yeah, oh, they, they, nothing. they had them. They were playing way better than Michigan, and I can't watching them against Wisconsin. I can't imagine them being that playing that well against. Yeah, Michigan. and I, yeah. I, yeah, I, Pete, I, I mean, I hear where you're coming from. The the longer you look at it and think about it, because it's not a fast Northwestern defense, and yet their linebackers are productive. Um, you know, their defensive ends are capable, but they haven't Gaziano. Who I mean, they had him and him and Miller combined for, I want to say, sixteen sacks last year. Miller doesn't have one. I, I I don't think he has one. Gaziano has four and a half. They're just not, they're not, they're not moving the line of scrimmage this year. They could have something to do with their tackles. I know. I know they mm-hmm. like them. It's it's still a solid front seven because they, they keep are it slow, in front right? of it. But they it are not. Slow. They are not a. They're not a fast defense. And you would think that, you know, especially now. That, I mean, Dexter Williams and Jafar Armstrong give yeah. in in accordance with your story yeah. in the last day. I mean, those are two significant. Athletes that you've now added to the equation, and Notre Dame's that much better. I texted Pete Saturday when the game started because we had all that time, and 
hotel rooms and everything to watch the first get the round of games. It's like, I'm going to have to turn off this Northwestern Wisconsin game, man. <laughs> Clemson. Looks, this is bad football. It's just slow, bad yeah, football. It's yeah. like, you know what? I, I've seen enough. I got to turn this game. To, I got to turn on something different. The, the Michigan game, just for context, Northwestern had 202 total yards in that game. Right. Their scoring drives were 56 yards, 37 yards, and 52 yards. Those and 50 yards are so surprising. out yeah. in the second half. And That's a great Thorson was sacked, I want to say, six to at least five. I want to say six times in that game. It's a heck of a deed that they put those 56-yard drives on, though. I mean, you get the ball at the 40-yard line occasionally. Right. Not everything's perfect. Yeah. I Yeah, I just... Uh, and Michigan had 11 penalties. Well, that helps a little bit. <laughs> Where they all laid hits on the quarterback to extend yeah. drives, too. <laughs> I mean, man, when you fall down 17 nothing, I don't care who you're playing. You're, yeah. You're really fortunate, especially with Michigan's offense. Which especially is, on the road against a big team yeah, that yeah, beats everybody. Yeah. I mean, so. it, in the end, like, Notre Dame, the last... Five years, I was one and eight on the road in November against Power Five teams. That's not something to just be dismissed. Right. As much as I think that the players are less so, the players more. Brian Kelly have talked about this team is different, different personalities, so on and so forth. There's some, there's a hurdle there that has to be overcome, and once they overcome it, then great, they did it. But in, until that happens, it's hard to, it's hard to look at this matchup. Just as this matchup, no, not I think don't, about I don't. like, man, Notre Dame has been really kind of struggly in this spot before. Well, I think they're 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 be- they should be better in this situation because of what they experienced last year. I, you know, I thought I thought the things yeah. that you know, I know it's just words, and I sometimes put a little bit too much value on just words being spoken. But I thought what Brian Kelly said on Tuesday, just about you know, and it's said a million times, but process and and. I mean, literally going from snap to snap and and series to series. I just think that this team, because of what they experienced last year, it resonates. It resonates much more with them because of the experiences of last year. I think. I mean, there's got to be some truth to that. I don't know how much, um, and I don't know how relevant that is compared to your quarterback can throw the ball and is accurate, and your running backs are healthy. A lot and of you that. have a pass rush. I think like, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think. I, the quarterback, I mean, the quarterback I, is no, a I'm huge, saying like huge, huge part of it. The, what we learned and all that stuff mm-hmm. is like, there's something to that. But I think it's just there's a lot less to that than the tangible skills oh. of the team being better in some really appreciable ways. Yeah, I was agreeing with you. Like, yeah. I, if I would, when you tell me Northwestern, the style of defense they play, a bad field at night, Notre Dame has everything to lose, and Brandon Wimbush is starting, I'm thinking Notre Dame has to win 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. that way. I with still, the, feel, with, with I still feel like a little bit low, lower scoring. I'm game. just thinking they have to win twenty to seventeen without Ian Book starting. Like, they're, like they were not. Case. They yeah. were in. No, but I'm saying even with Ian Book, I still yeah. think it's the line. The line has dipped down to fifty two and a half somewhere around there. Um, and I just think um, you know maybe a little bit of field conditions not being great. Uh, a little bit more of a defensive oriented type game, which I guess the line is reflecting that. But do we want to predict? Uh, you, we want to we'll wait to the end to go ahead yeah. and make a prediction. But uh, last thing on um, uh, the first playoff poll, any any disagreements in there with top 10? Top 10 is Alabama 1, Clemson 2, LSU 3, Northern 4, Michigan 5, Georgia 6, Oklahoma 7, Washington State 8, which I think they've earned that, Kentucky 9, Ohio State 10. Um, I mean, it won't matter for this week, but maybe I thought Washington State jumped a little bit because Kentucky's earned 
as much as Washington State has, right? I mean, Kentucky's beaten Yeah, Florida, I mean, Washington State Florida, earning, but definitely belonging to the top 10. Right, yeah, so, but um, obviously a lot of that will work itself out. Uh, Washington State, that's a good position for them, considering they're, they have the Apple Cup and a Pac-12 championship game rematch against a bad team ahead. Now, they need a lot to happen, but they're an 8, not yeah. in 12. I could I would have guessed, I think I had, I didn't rank them. I um, put them in the best chances of, of moving up. I did not have them in the top 9 teams, because they do not control their own destiny. But boy, if all those things work out, they don't. It's not that terrible of a road to play Washington, hard game, and the really bad Pac-12 South champion. No, I mean Utah's not terrible. Oh, that's true. I forget. And, and actually, Utah's, Utah's playing Utah's well. Utah's, Utah's the best good. Team there. I wasn't thinking yeah. of Utah. I always put them in the north. That's right. the, uh, yeah. Um, that's a good team. They're I guess my I, I bring it up last in this segment because, I mean, you know, top ten. I, I'm you know, fine with the way the committee. That number ten Ohio State man. You think they'd be favored against Washington that's, State? That, that's a move up. And Kentucky? That's a move up when you, if you can host Michigan and beat them. That's a scary situation for... Ohio State is not out of it, unfortunately. <laughs> that's I, mean, a, it, uh, I guess it's indicative that... They get if benefit of the doubt, There's too, some concern that some... Clemson, like, Alabama, yeah. Ohio State should get the benefit of the yeah. doubt with the one loss. It so. makes you think that maybe a one-loss Ohio State would have a really hard time jumping a one-loss Notre Dame, whereas a one-loss Michigan would... Easily would not have Ohio State. You mean yeah? Yeah, yep. Michigan would jump Notre Dame if Michigan was twelve and one, and Notre Dame was eleven and one. Whereas I don't know if Ohio State at twelve and one would jump eleven and one Notre Dame just because of the gap right there and the fact that Ohio State got absolutely obliterated by Purdue. Yeah, what if they host Michigan and beat Michigan thirty-one to thirteen? Yeah, and win, and the, and win the Big Ten. Then we should record a podcast, and I'll change my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think Michigan's going to get Ohio anything. State. But um, okay, we'll see. All right, that's segment one. We'll be back segment two. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by a new slash old sponsor, Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. Welcome back. And thank you. Uh, question number one from at very piratey, which is <laughs> appropriate good. coming off of Halloween yesterday. Is it fair to say Ian Book is performing like one of the five best quarterbacks in college football right now? And shouldn't we have more optimism as a fan base going into the home stretch given Notre Dame's defense? Let's start with Ian Book. Is he one of the five best quarterbacks in the country? Um, I mean, yeah. If you wanted to argue performing as if fifth, one, sure. like I. I would not entertain any discussion that he is superior to Tua Tagovailoa or Kyler Murray, um, or or even Dwayne Haskins. Um, but beyond that, if you want to say Will Greer, uh, Gardner Minshew, and you're not saying who would you rather have, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor like, Lawrence, I would rather just have like right but now. The way Book is playing, sure, yeah, um, yeah, you know, even like Jake Fromm or uh, Derek King at Houston is like. Really yeah, coming alive right numbers, now, yeah. um, but I mean, look, book is number one in completion percentage and number seven in passer efficiency. That's really, really good. Yeah, as long as you, I mean, if you're taking Tua completely out of it and Kyler Murray completely out of it, you can just make arguments along the way. He's playing at that level, which is amazing. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is 
he is really getting better. Too. <laughs> he, 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 you're, you're not, no one's saying you're taking him over Trevor Lawrence for Notre Dame or for any other right. reason, but book is so accurate and he runs the offense efficiently, proficiently. It's seamless the way he does it. Um, I don't think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in college football in terms of if everybody got to change teams and draft, that he would be the fifth quarterback. That's a good way to look yeah, at it. I mean, he certainly he belongs in the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I get why he was a three-star quarterback coming out of high school. He's a four-star college quarterback. Yes, that's good. That's a great way. I, you know, I don't care about ranking or top five or whatever. But I get why Trevor it. Lawrence was a five-star. Did you see uh, <laughs> the velocity yeah. on the football? Yeah. 62 miles an hour. Aaron Rodgers' average is 58. Wow. Now, guys, as they get older, actually, the velocity does go down a little bit. Yeah. Like, Trevor Lawrence will go down when he gets like hit a, a couple times. Like a pitcher. Like a pitcher, yeah, yeah. But I am, man, that ball. Yeah, he can zing it. There's I no saw, doubt he can see it. I saw him at the opening going to his senior year. And, and you it, said, good quarterback. Like, <laughs> like, him and Justin Fields were out there, and it was like, this is like a different You were the one that noticed Trevor Lawrence, right? Of, yeah, I was yeah, the one. I was yeah. like, let me unearth this little, uh, <laughs> little lightly yeah. regarded prospect. And you know, he is really interesting here. Ah, here's my report. He was invited to yeah. it, so. Yeah. Uh, well, what about the second part of the question? Shouldn't Notre Dame, I mean, shouldn't fans be more optimistic with the defense in November? I am. Um, that's what I'm, I think we just discussed it with Northwestern. I still don't like the spot, but I can't pick Notre Dame to lose this game. I can't pick them to lose to Florida State, even though it's senior night. Well, first of all, Florida you State You couldn't stinks. pick them to lose to Miami last year. But, again, different As set a, of circumstances. If, if they pull a Miami this year, we I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> if they pull a Miami against Syracuse or Northwestern or USC, they can't pull against Florida State at home. Because yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, just first of the, all, the atmosphere at Ryan Field is not going to be anywhere yeah. close to what it was against Miami. Uh, I they think they like should the have. Citrus Bowl. Right. Yeah. I think they should have a lot of optimism going in, other yeah. than the only reason you should not have optimism is because you get sick of getting pounded over the head in November. But it's defensive line and Ian Book. Yeah, and and, and I'm, I think what I said from the first segment, having gone through it, I mean, you add all that together, Ian, Ian Book a quarterback. I mean, that makes that makes all the difference in the world. You add all these things up, plus Dexter Williams, Jafar Armstrong, and the defense. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, you should be I'm very you, confident. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I don't know if I touched on it well in Monday Musings. We talked about it at the podcast. Pete said, you know, defensive line and Ian Book, and that number three is Jafar and Dexter Williams right now, if you look at the strengths of the team. I think they're number three with a bullet right now because that is two fresh athletes that can complement each other. You're not replacing Dexter Williams with Jafar Armstrong in a tag team. They are actually can be out there. That can be worked in. To the situation. No, they're they're explo- I mean, because they lost they're... tranquil, so the linebackers are that's no longer. That's to... the point. Dexter Williams is that's an the explosive reality, running back. I mean, Armstrong is explosive, and he does it with power. I mean, that's what I liked. His first carry against Navy, man, he slammed it up in there, kind of like Gilman, the way he started on the defensive side. Armstrong slammed it up in there, and it was interesting. Brian Kelly saying on Tuesday that, man, we probably should have dialed him back a little bit, but he was playing so well and with so much energy, and had practiced so well during the week that. They didn't. They probably dialed back a little bit this week. Right? I think number three had been Coney and Tranquil, During obviously. The week, I mean. But that's, no. look, Drew Tranquil has to get back to that level. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that easy to do in the next two weeks. No, I agree. That's a good point. Right. No, go ahead. Training Dave, with regard to the November stretch, does this team's leadership chemistry, makeup, maturity, look similar or different compared to previous Brian Kelly teams? Who can change the bad November narrative? I thought they looked good in this regard last year, so there are... When we say words are words, and you have to go out and prove it. Ian Book, the defensive line, and hopefully Brian Kelly can go out and prove it. Now, what what makeup could be 
kind of cause for concern. The offensive line has to play well as currently constructed against non-Navy defenses, right? Yep. They look good, but they better. If they didn't look good last week, Yikes. that would be a problem. Bad. So the offensive line, until we see it on the road against Northwestern, with the team, they've, there's a reason they're able to beat Big Ten teams because they can stop them. The offensive line has to play well in this game. So the makeup question would be, I don't see special teams as can be shaky. Um in certain areas, but I don't see other things that make you question the makeup. I guess the nickel that is about to become game specific for two games, right? Northwestern and Syracuse. Yeah. Definitely. So the nickel would be a makeup question. In terms of leadership, chemistry, maturity, I mean, I think we see it. But as I've often said, it is the easiest thing to do to lead when you're 8 0 and everything's rolling. There's no doubt about that. And the leadership last year, you know, with McGlinchey and Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that was. McGlinchey's his final leader yeah. as you're ever going to have, and Tranquil was part of that last year as well, not not just this year. So, Maturity I, mean, I think key. it's, yeah, I do, and I'll say it, I guess, for the third time. Having gone through what they went through last year is is a huge benefit to the leadership of this team, and and I, you know, instead of getting together and watching the the playoff committee's first decision, I think it's better that everybody's just going on living your life mm-hmm. and understanding that you're. You know, you were going to be included in that. It doesn't really matter what they say the first time. I through. think the the leadership point is interesting. I, I think it it's more about having better followers than better leaders. I mean, I, I think last year the, the problems with the roster weren't the leadership. It was guys not taking the lead. Yeah, it's a good um, way. Good way of put. So you think the followers are better this I year? Think, than... Yeah, like the Khalid Kareem, uh, Love, Pride. You know, guys like that. Banks. Um, you know. Clay, Claypool, the Mac, tight, the tight ends, like yeah, that, yeah, the tight ends. Claypool Matt. played hard the yeah. other day, man. Boykin, like I think guys who that that's where guys who've got a little bit of a taste of it, uh, but are and are not leaders, but they're not, you know, they they still have influence in the roster. I think they have a, a better group of those kinds of guys. Dexter Williams, yes, huge. That difference. would be a big one. Uh, last year you had a broken Josh Adams, a Dexter Williams that was always hurt and not putting enough into it, and Dion McIntosh started getting suspended right about now. Alizé Mack. Alizé Mack's productivity this year, and yeah. he's a little banged up now, but I mean his his ability to bounce back mm-hmm. from adversity this year, which he couldn't do last year. So I think in regard to that, other than a couple makeup little, I mean they're not a perfect team, but not with, mm-hmm. as we've said on Monday, there's a lot of things that have changed along the offensive line, and this would not be the offensive line you would rate super highly going into the year. No, but man, if you had, and it's a big if, but if you had bars with Banks, yes, but uh, you, you would have been, yeah, enough. you would have been. But you know what? I like what Ruin's done. I I like the move that they made. I, I, another, this is a late season move. I think it's the right one. I don't think Tommy Kramer is one of the five best offensive linemen, so they made the move. I like it. At Big Mac twenty four, I haven't watched my game day at. I think you mean switched. Uh, that, yeah. I, that may that washed. may have been me. That may have been me. I haven't washed my game day attire since September first. <laughs> it's sense. it's starting to have an overwhelming smell to it. Should I risk it and wash them, or continue the good fight? As it's been one of the factors. In he states it. It has been one of the factors <laughs> in helping with an undefeated season. Are you single? Yeah. Is he on the line? Can we I find hope. Out? <laughs> I mean, if he's for her sake, I no, hope. No, I'm just wondering if he's settled down and you know. <laughs> I think whatever. I think Big Mac has to stick to his process. I do too. Because I mean, if, if Notre Dame loses, it's it's probably on Big Mac. It's November, so if he switches now, I mean, it is on. It's him. getting colder out. Like the scents get die down. <laughs> yeah, does he attend games? Is he yeah. sitting around people? If you're if you're in know. your basement, that's I don't fine, know. Man. I'm sure Big Mac will fill us in on that information at Ferraro on air. 
Looking across the field at Pat Fitzgerald, a one-time apple of eyes of Irish fans to be its coach, makes me think of Brian Kelly. In what ways has BK improved as a head coach, and what remains his greatest area of growth? I just like it when Notre Dame plays coaches that openly don't like them. I think it's fun. I really I enjoy like, I always like it. What? <laughs> this is a separate podcast, but do, like, do you guys really believe that? No, it does. It goes back to his he, playing days he against Notre Dame. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. He was I first... Mean, Good. That I was like it. 25 years ago. And then he Yeah, no, I know, but since. I say that's the origin of it. But I'm it, saying, like, when when Era died, Fitzgerald called Notre Dame directly. He's a class person. To say, yeah. I would like to be Notre Dame's yeah. representative and come to the funeral. He's a good that person. That doesn't strike me as, like, I hate Notre Dame. He, no. might, he might not like Brian Kelly. No, Notre did, he, well, did he hate Notre Dame when he was a college kid? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, well, and fine. when he was hired at Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, and that's all fine, I think, right? So I'm still enjoying it. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, <laughs> James it, Franklin. Is it is it overplayed? Yeah. <laughs> is it overplayed? Okay, okay. It, it probably is overplayed. Yeah. I mean, the, the the bottom line is that when Pat Fitzgerald walks in that stadium, he's going to have Northwestern players playing for Oh, him. yeah, for sure. I, I would also say, like, if Brian Kelly retired tomorrow, Pat Fitzgerald would be on my list of guys to call. Well, I don't know that I like him as a game day decision maker. I no, I let me take that back. I don't like him as a game day decision maker. I, I think that that is a limiting factor uh, with him. All right, we're all okay. I, Who I, do I, you like I'm as sorry. a game day decision maker? <laughs> Let's go to that topic. No. Well, getting back to the <laughs> yeah, question, I, I, and sorry, we're you know I, we're, I we're that one. that's right. Yeah. Getting back to the question, where has BK improved as a head coach? I mean, he's way more open minded about running the football. He's he's way it's he's, not even he's close. less. It's, right, he's he's less controlling with it. He lets his it was a weakness. His coordinators yeah. be his coordinators. I just, I just think it's funny when you say he's open minded about running the football. Like, the, the point I'm, of the game. I'm more open minded about eating healthy. Yeah, right? that's what like, it is, well, that's what he should do. Right, but he's more open minded about what he should have been doing. Yeah. It was pulling teeth. Right, it was you got to stick with it. He's 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 way way calmer on the sidelines, which allows him to be a better decision maker overall. I thought it was really funny. Or not funny, but interesting. As I watched the game, the the replay of it a second time, you know when when Boykin fumbled. I mean, they put the camera on Kelly, and he 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 looked. He just looked so disappointed. <laughs> Where and in the past he would have exploded, and he still explodes. He's a coach. He's entitled to get pissed it's off. Ian books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and, that, and that's fine. And there's some other things involved there that we're not aware of. Like you know, you emphasize something to him. And then he breaks that rule, and it pisses you off as a coach. But that was a cardinal rule of throwing slants, too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Can do something about it. No doubt. But so Boykin fumbles, and he looks really, really disappointed, and he just doesn't get mad. He just controls it, and it's 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 really a good thing. And that's why I tried to explore that line of questioning with him last week, and and tried to say that you know when you're (laughs) wired that way. But he wouldn't go there. Yeah, because that would be one thing where he has not changed. He doesn't want to talk, to talk about his sideline demeanor. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. It's just that when you're when you're when you're a hothead, it's hard to not be a hothead anymore. And he's done a tremendous job of dialing that back. You know, the, remember the first time someone asked him about his sideline demeanor, and his response was, "Did I strike someone? What did I do?" And like, yeah. No, that might not be the only thing you can do badly on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. But no, so he's changed for sure. But I would say improving his head coach. Not only being open in the running game, look at look at the total program overhaul. Oh, uh, following 2016. That's... Now, his, his career at Notre Dame was on the line, so he had to do it. But he did it, and he did it well, and he yeah. relates better to his players, and he's bought into all the changes that Jack Swarbrick said he needed to make or suggested he needed to make. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is a he is a he is a vastly different and better coach than he was when he first came to Notre Dame. I think for a guy who had like sort of an offensive system mm-hmm. to be able to be like, we're not going to run my system anymore, and we're going to run Chip Longs like that's significant yeah, to me, no yeah. doubt. Um, so that's that's something, uh, and it's a it's a big something really. At Ben Bockledge, is it likely we see a base nickel defense with Asmar Bilal in for Drew Tranquil at Buck? What does personnel look like in that setup? That's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Well, the, per- we, we, the personnel is just Bilal's in for Tranquil, and there's a nickel in for Bilal. Like, no, we always was, does Notre yes. Dame do that? I think they will do it. Um, I mean, if, I think if they choose Bilal to be the buck, it will be a base nickel, not Shane Simon as the rover. How's that for my... So they're go- if, they're, if their plan is, we want Bilal to be the buck this game, mm-hmm. they're not going base rover until they go nickel like they would against other teams. They're going to say a lot of... They're really thinking... So we if, can stop the Northwestern run with our nickel, and then our nickel's in, so we can combat their 55 passes. So if Bilal well, does that, go to and Buck. that's probably correct. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of Bilal playing Buck in this game. Um, and does we should, Simon play at all? Think Pro, ha- yeah, think, you have yes, to have a base deal yes, little. He does. I mean, he's, he's in the goal line defensive package. Mm-hmm, you yeah. can be in, so you could be in the red zone package. Um, I mean, that's red zone. What's the, the black zone where you're a little closer? Because the red zone's a lot of coverage at the 20-yard line. you got to blue. Yeah. Covered. Blue's the five yard line. He's in the blue zone. Black's the bad one because you're back backed up to the five. Well, yard I thought line. it was it was white. No, it's you're losing it's, me. It's, it's red, white, me. and blue. Where's the black zone? It's when you're backed up at your own. Five. It's when you lose. It. It's when you're eight zero and you go to Northwestern and lose. That's the black zone. Yeah, uh, so you're saying the the defense that will run most will be nickel. So Houston Griffith will essentially be a starter, and then when they go to play their old base defense, the four three, Bala will stay at Buck. And Shane Simon will be Rover. I think that's the easiest way of going about it, other than the fact that maybe Bilal doesn't get to come off enough. So you may have to replace Bilal on some snaps with your backup buck. Like Jen, Jen Mark. Let's say Jen Mark Heath sure. beats out Drew. Yeah, no, I played all last week. I mean, well, I don't 60 think 60 snaps a, as opposed to. Yeah, that's you know, true. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a stamina issue with Bilal. I think he's fine at this stage. I don't really mean stamina as much as there's things Northwestern's passing game can do to target a guy that's not usually on the field in passing situations because he comes off in the nickel. They're now he's target him regardless. Right. So, you know what I mean? I mean, he's probably better off seeing pre-snap what Jordan Jemar Keith will see pre-snap. Whoever's right? playing Buck will be targeted. <laughs> yeah. It, like, doesn't even matter. So, don't you... What is your thought, then? I, I think that... My, my real point was if Bilal goes to Buck, I don't think it's to get Shane Simon in. I think it's to play nickel. If that's the choice. Like... There's a give and take. If you're making your choice, what's our best defense? I agree. With we want Bilal to be blocked. No, well, let's play nickel as much as we can. Yeah. And I agree that you can you can stop their running game with in your nickel package. They should be able to. Uh, Wash ND. Outside of just a win, what do you need to see on Saturday night from Notre Dame to make you think this team can survive a cursed November unscathed and make the playoff? It's just injuries at this point. I don't think there's anything about Notre Dame. Oh, well, nobody gets injured, and the offensive line looks pretty good. Those are the two things. Question for you. Yes. When bars went down, said that that was the tipping point. So did they just hit the real tipping point with Drew Tranquil? Um, Let's say he's out for November. Yeah, I mean, it's like it certainly puts the game within reasonable doubt. I mean, he could be out for November. No, he could. I haven't thought in those terms. I I, I guess I didn't want to think in those terms. I'm still of the mindset that Syracuse is going to be a real dogfight. They need a healthy Drew Tranquil involved in that game. So he's out for November. That would be the he would end up being the that could the be the one point. where it's like, hey, you're down twenty four twenty one in the fourth quarter against Syracuse. Um, 
I'm not sure that's going to happen against Northwestern. Yeah. But Syracuse is the one where I'm like, yeah, I, I want to I'm see uncomfortable. I want to see them protect the football. I mean, don't get into a, a, a three turnover deal here. Northwestern's minus two, Northern's plus three for the year. Uh, we mentioned that Thorson's thrown ten interceptions. You know, we don't. This is not a game. You don't want Ian Book getting picked twice. You don't want your running back fumbling and losing for the first time. This is an odd one, but I never would have thought about it until now. But offensive line, like Pete said. I don't want to see Troy Pride look anything like the person that played football for Notre Dame at corner last week. <laughs> yeah, it was. What good. was that? Yeah, it's a good. I don't, I, I don't know. You and need Brian him, Kelly, they need him desperately the next couple. Yeah, weeks. no doubt. Yeah, and Bra- yeah, and I, I, I mean, I've got to be. I've got to believe that's injury related. I totally. Agree. I mean, he's too competitive to play right. like that otherwise. He was protecting himself, but he protected himself to the point where he should have been on the field. Man, I mean, it was. Re- it, I mean, it was really, really bad. It looked worse, so much worse the second time through. It just. He was literally. I feel bad. Whoever asked the question about shoving. He did so much shoving, it felt like everybody was shoving. It was only Troy Pride. He just literally tried to shove people. They were down. I will say they, they were did. down. There was one time when Elliot did it too, but it was because of the angle yeah. that that he was that he was coming from. They were down in two hand touch though with Pride. He got him. He shoved him both times. He got both hands on him. So maybe he's just thinking it's tag off. I don't know. It was awful. Uh, somehow Malcolm Perry stayed on his feet. He's been, and I think people really went down on Pride after that game, saying he's been a huge disappointment this year. That's not true. That's he, not true. No, he no. hasn't been as good as we said. Uh, we saw that he was like block, knocking down passes left and right in August, but he's had a good year until he got hurt. Yeah, and, and you got to go at him instead. You know, of Julian you can't Lowe. always measure a corner by how many pass breakups he has right. either. No, no, you know, I mean, he had a very bad game, and he had gotten hurt previously, so I think that's kind of the pile-on situation right now. 317, Mike, when I watch Northwestern, I see a disciplined team with talent on both sides of the ball, but their overall team speed seems slow to me. Do you think the coaching staff tries to get the ball to Notre Dame's quicker, shiftier players like Michael Young, Chris Fink, more than usual? I think they just get it to everybody like they always do. That's the Ian Book way. Is That, that is the Ian Book way. Mike, Mike uh, Miles Boykin can run past them, too. Easily, Chase Claypool can run past people. Yeah, those and, are those guys uh, are matchup problems they too. They are huge matchup problems. And Kevin Austin is coming on. I think Kevin Austin's coming on more than Michael Young. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that I wouldn't put Michael Young. Why did Fink is just good? Fink doesn't belong paired with Michael Young anymore at all. I, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> They're with not that. a package. Michael Young. Yeah, <laughs> Michael yeah. Young will. You know, he needs to emerge. Yeah. In in 2019, at this point, what was the deal? And it was pointed out to me because I was so impressed with the way Young uh, ran the route, with caught it at full speed and 38-yarder, boom. Mean, Austin, Austin, yeah. What did I say? Young. Yeah, uh, yeah Kevin Austin. Um, what was the deal with, yeah, what was it, why did he, he pull his hand off the football? I mean, it's like he let go of the grip of the football. It was, I don't know. It was strange. I'm not sure what happened there. I noticed the same thing. Well, I didn't. Somebody yeah. pointed out, and it's like, okay. I didn't notice that either. I, well, I saw him do the eat thing when he got up from his Yeah, and that, that, that was a, I mean, that's an explosive 38-yard play, man. When I really like that. When I say this, it's still a compliment. He looked like Stefferson. They don't like that around the Goog when I say something well, like he's Stefferson. Well, he's a bigger, he's a bigger version, of I mean, course, the speed. He, yeah, no doubt. He hit that hole. Look, Pete, I mentioned this yeah, after the loss. Catching at full speed. I mean, yeah. catching at full speed, he hit that crease. That is what you want in a football player. That was zero. He had zero hesitation to him whatsoever on that yeah. play as a, as a guy making his by far the biggest play of his career to date and, and really the most athletic play because he's been it's been a lot of uh throwing when he's standing still catches yeah. you know and you can't right. see much from there right i want to see pete pull this up now and this is good radio i get to see him take his hand off the ball. i don't know why that is it's confusing I, I why do you do that i don't know the opposite hand off the ball 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. Really I don't, strange. I don't, like pinning it with his forearm. Yeah, I don't know why he did it. Everything was great up to that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Brooks Beer One, I see the Notre Dame D-line causing Northwestern a lot of trouble. I could see Julian O'Quara and Jerry Tillery, I'll throw in Khalid Kareem, with a multiple sack game. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, and a lot of pressures. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressures. I mean, I, you know, I, I would... It's weird how they, they don't get enough get, sacks for their pressures, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can't always measure by sacks, but, man, this should at least be a, a minimum of a four-sack game, right? With oh, a yeah. whole bunch of pressures added to that. With 12 pressures. Like, 12 official pressures. You know, they don't even give you... We grade pressures better than college football does. Well, because they only allow <laughs> one guy to have a pressure yeah, per snap. Exactly. And they call it a hurry, and you're not right. always hurried to get pressure, but uh, they will be all over him. Uh, Thor- Let's say Thorsten throws 45 times of it. He's pressured 15 of them. Yeah. He'll, they'll be on him. The only way he'll only throw 45 is if they just don't have enough snaps. He's I He he surpasses the 50 pass he mark. Passes, yeah. okay. Those are the worst games to watch. Unless world. he gets sacked so much that he can't get yeah. the You know, the there's 50. nothing. The, the passing games of, like, Oklahoma and Notre Dame, when you pass like this, are fun to watch. They are not fun to watch when you're average. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm throwing 60 times. Great. <laughs> 40 of them look awful. Those plays. 29 for 60 <laughs> yeah. for 272 yeah. yards. I don't know that that applies this time because Thorson's that. He's, his ball looks good, but they don't have any players. Like, I like to see when Kyler Murray's throwing to those guys at Oklahoma Open. Yeah, keep throwing the ball. Yeah. Don't worry about running. I mean, they got <laughs> Skronik and they've got Nagel and they have Cam Green. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, they they don't they don't have a I don't think they have. A I guess great I'm saying I don't like the non mixed in run attack that bad teams have to, bad offense. Right, and there's you nothing know, they can there's nothing they can do about yeah, that. Yeah, right I'm not yeah. advising they run yeah. against Notre Dame a lot, but right. it's hard to watch. Uh, at, all right, we have another Twitter question at this is your boy Bobby Norell, right? Yep. Ari Norell three. Even when they have good teams, Northwestern isn't really known for a raucous environment. You expect that to be different Saturday night. It's a it's a really good question because it's Notre Dame coming to Ryan Field for the first time or coming to Northwestern for the first time since 1976. So you would expect Northwestern fans to come out in droves. But there is the Chicago-Irish contingent yeah. that I that I really think is going to overwhelm that stadium Saturday night. A couple of things. Uh, I have more Twitter followers than Northwestern's official football account. <laughs> well, but you're... And, but and I talked to uh, Chris Watt this week for a story I was working on. He bought season tickets to Northwestern this year just so he would make sure they had this game. Oh, that's an old school move. We used to yeah. do that all the time. I bought Weiss's, I lived in Atlanta, Weiss's first year, and everybody I knew bought Pitt season tickets. I just, and I you don't, couldn't sell them when you're done. You're just Northwestern eat them Miami fans, one. Was, like, yeah. Northwestern has a cap on how many people actually give a crap, yeah. and I don't think Notre Dame is going to elevate the cap. Notre Dame, is, but Notre Dame fans want to go to the game themselves. Yeah. Let's be fair, too. They have three losses. Like, Northwestern, a few years ago, when game day went there, it was undefeated, and it got rolled. 38 nothing was it, when game day was there? They're undefeated. That's a different Northwestern situation than this. That would be like Notre Dame's game at Temple from 2015. Yeah, you mean that was Temple like, was doing great Temple for them. undefeated yeah. or yeah. had one loss. And it ranked. Notre Dame was way up there. Maybe that could like change the math about who shows up, but like it's going to be fifty fifty. I don't, I don't think it's it, you know yeah. it might be raucous because like Temple fans raucous are going tailgate lots. Yeah, t- like good. fans are going back at each other a little bit, but like it's not going to be a, a snake pit. Yeah, I think the Ryan Field. Oh, I no. think the fans there will be louder than. For, is it like is it capacity like forty eight thousand? Forty seven something. Okay. So they'll yeah. have a good. Very loud 25, 20, 25 30,000 yeah. people. I mean, there, but that's, I, Notre Dame's going to be cheering yeah. just as much. Yeah. I always look forward going into a place 
that we've never been sure. before. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sure that the press box accommodations are, will live up to our high standards. <laughs> from oh, what yeah. I hear, from what I oh, hear. Oh, really? You've heard of the thing about that? I'm sad. Well, it doesn't that. sound like they've done any. <laughs> Their facilities aren't you know, the same they, with the press they box. Built a whole, <laughs> they built a whole new facility for the, the coaching staff and the players, but I don't know that not they've done anything media. to the press <laughs> I'm, they're, they're not on our side. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of them doing anything to upgrade the press. Uh, box there's a lot of people press. not getting um, credentials and stuff. I found out a little pushback when we look for some extra at the end here. They had nothing left new to give out. Really? Yeah. So Fortunately, I, I we know we that we've been ours, included. Yeah. There's been some issues with that, so I think there might not be a lot of room. They're not don't not want people to come, so there's yeah. must not. Yeah, be they room. just don't. Yeah. What's yeah. the worst press box we've been in a while? Now, Sun Bowl. No, no, Independence Bowl. You guys yeah. weren't there. Independence Bowl. Sun Bowl was bad. Um, Call it, uh, Air Force press box. But I mean, like, the, yeah, the but open, open, air, cool. like, yeah. open air Yankee Stadium was pretty bad. Like, that's just, like, a not working how do, you th- how do you think it'll be in mid-November for this coming game here? That'll Probably be awesome. Yeah. Well, they do have, the, the, that's one, they have heaters, like and they're feet. more prominent to the back of the press box. So I want to sit in the back of the press yeah. box because... My, my blood's running cold these days, man. <laughs> You're like Favre when he's getting older there yeah. and lost the Giants. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why is it working? He's 50. That's why it's not working. Uh, last question. Irish punter. Is Northwestern the best team Notre Dame has played since Michigan? This mm. might be why people are having arguments about the four, if that's true. Right? Is it? I don't know. I mean, Stanford at least Stanford has like, then some players. Yeah, like, Stanford's more dangerous than... Stanford has a, has had a couple. That was a tough loss. They just had to Washington State, who's a quality team. Like that, that's a hard loss. Yeah, Stanford yeah. has some problems, but, but they have better. I still team. think they're better than Northwestern. I think Stanford's better than Northwestern for sure. Uh, I think Northwestern would probably beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, let's Virginia put it this way: it's a toss up, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Virginia Tech's. I mean, they're transitioning this year. They they. They lost a lot of really, really good defensive players from last year's team. I don't know. I, I'm not sure I know the answer. It's a good question because I'm not sure that we fully know the answer to it. But going on the road in November, the whole one and eight thing. Yeah. Vanderbilt's got some pieces. They do. They, their record won't be great because they're, they're required to lose some games from the division so, they're playing in. But like, So Vander, you think Vanderbilt's better than? I'm just thinking if they all played each other, like Vanderbilt, Northwestern, Virginia Tech. All played in a round robin that no one watches. Ooh, yeah, watch that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. That no one watches. <laughs> Where's that? That's played at the Indo- in the Independence in, in, Bowl. In the Independence Bowl, <laughs> and it's raining. I don't know who would win that. It's, no, <laughs> it's that's snow- my point. It snowed the last time <laughs> I was at the in, in in that stadium, Independence Bowl. Okay, that it. Predictions. Well, I think we have to predict the round robin of Northwestern, <laughs> Vanderbilt, and Virginia Tech first. Then we can get to this Check game back yeah. on Monday for that. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, as much as I feel like there are some the the macro trend lines of one and eight and November and all that stuff are, are against Notre Dame. And this makes it like a possibility that Notre Dame will lose. I just think the matchups on a micro level are, are so hard in favor of Notre Dame. I can't, I can't do it. Not only can I not do it, I think Notre Dame will win something in the vein of 27, 13. Like, I, I think, I think that it will be a so you have a really a com- low scoring, a comfortable end to the game. That's close to my score, and I will add Navy as the other macro level thing there, which we're not sure. Mm. Navy plus November, it's all there. Uh, I don't think I think Notre Dame's defense, even without Drew Tranquil, can hold them. Uh, so I'm in like the 30 to 16 range. I was close to your score okay. too. Um, I think Notre Dame will cover, and I don't think they will cover with like. 
don't think they're going to blow their doors off. In just, just the situation, I don't feel like it's a blow their doors off situation. Does that make sense? But a win? Yeah, and I think being... the, 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 the line going from 7.5 to 9.5, yeah. which is what you kind of expected from the outset, mm-hmm. somewhere in that, that uh, region or, or a little bit higher, I think that makes it a little bit more difficult to pick. Do I think Notre Dame is... Two, at least two touchdowns better than Northwestern? Yes, I do, I'm, but I'm not really sure that that's the point no. here. No, well, <laughs> that's, that's what all the macro goes against the micro. Right, exactly. exactly. So I do, you know, again, I don't think any of us are in a position to say Northwestern. At this stage, this is something we were saying before the season started, but now it's here. Eight games under your belt. I think Notre Dame wins the game. I think it's lower scoring, so I'm almost undoubtedly picking under the 52-and-a-half. But I think I'll... Probably have Northwestern cover, but not necessarily, you know, like Northwestern scores late to cover. Not like Michigan game. You're not putting, no. that, you're not putting that range. No, no, no. All right. So that's where we are. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for our, our sponsors, Katanzreet Financial Services and Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. We will talk with you again on Saturday from Ryan Field, our first trip into Ryan Field when Notre Dame takes on Northwestern. Thank you. Katanzarit Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Katanzarit Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to KatanzaritFinancialServices.com. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics. Mm-hmm.